Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We've got about 40,000 followers on those. We want to make sure we're hitting those folks too, even though Facebook will only hit about 25 of them. We're going to try and hit them too. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. It is Wednesday morning, just after nine o'clock. We go live on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays on YouTube and Facebook. It is NFL Combine Week. The rumors are flying, Nick, and we actually have some, it's a little bit harder than just regular speculation this week with Justin Fields as the Combine is going, so we'll get into that. And I figured, you know what, we'll finish today with a mock draft. We'll talk some Terry Fontenot. We'll talk some Raheem Morris. We might hit on a couple free agents. We got a full show for you today. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. Not the best sleep last night. The, uh, the little guy had a lot to say, um, but uh, that's okay. We're, we're here. We're uh, ready to talk a little ball and ready to talk uh, Atlanta Falcons. A very fun, more optimistic, more holistic approach and interviews than uh, what I got from the Broncos uh, yesterday, which was quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Well, and I thought you were going to say then we've had with the Atlanta Falcons in past years, That's you know, it. with with Arthur Smith, the you know the smartest guy in the room, and 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 a, and a big stage like the NFL Combine, he's usually on better behavior. Um, it's he got snippy, you know, when the local guys would start asking him questions, and like I said. You know, when he started with that at the beginning of year two, I'm like, this is an easy group. And I'm not being critical of them. D-Led, Josh Kendall, uh, Mike uh, Rossi. Those are – I haven't met Mike. I've met the – I know the other two. They're good guys. They're they're good folks. It's an easy crowd. You know, wait until you, like, really get in front of a hostile media and see how easy it is. Um, we go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 o'clock on these channels. 
Um, if you're listening after the fact on Spotify or Apple on Falcons podcast, then you can come join us live and say hello. Uh, but we do that because we like to have the interaction, the questions, what's on your mind? What's what's coming in? And Victor Atkins was in here nice and early before we had even gotten started. He says, good morning, Scott. I was reading two articles about this Justin Fields. But this, this morning, they both said from an insider that apparently Atlanta approached the Bears about a trade. So this started, let me share the screen here with you. And actually, I went down into the comments. So I have to scroll back up because there was a mock draft in there from the Bears' point of view. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Let's discuss this as if it's actually happening and then do a mock draft. This is where this is from, Victor. This is what started everything. Was Bears talk via Josh Schrock of uh, NBC Bears. So, you know, local flavor, NBC Bears. The Falcons are emerging as the number one trade option for Justin Fields and have contacted the Bears about him, a source tells NBC Sports Chicago. So this isn't speculation. That's what we've been doing for a year. What makes sense? Justin Fields makes sense. This is, I am saying, without a doubt, this has happened. That's what Josh is saying here, that the Falcons have been on the phone with the Bears and they are the number one option for the, for Justin Fields right now. Nick, that's news. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's different. I mean, we, it's, it makes sense, but we've been going, these are the things you can do. You, you know, Kirk Cousins, we could draft. You could Justin Fields. You could do all these different things. This, according to Josh Schrock, has happened doesn't mean it's happening but it has happened it's in progress nick yeah and i enjoyed uh raheem morris yesterday they asked somebody asked a pointed question about justin fields and like well he's under contract so we can't talk about him <laughs> but as i said earlier we have because of where the roster is at we have so many options we can trade up for a quarterback we can trade down we can bring in somebody via free agency or we could trade for a veteran uh, if we're looking at everything there's options a but then there's b c and d as well and uh, one thing also talking about the quarterbacks, I know it's not all about quarterbacks in yesterday's uh, interviews, but of course it's dominating still. And he said that uh, he really likes the infrastructure set in place here. It's a good roster. Uh, he appreciates the work that Terry Fontenot's done. And uh, he thinks that uh, he said the quote that stood out the most to me was if Atlanta had better quarterback last season, he probably wouldn't be there right now because they'd had still be the same coaching staff well and and what he said because i've always hedged this as well with the same phrase that he used if they had better quarterback play mm -hmm. so again i'm not putting it all on desmond ritter i'm not saying okay this is all desmond ritter's fault now he's kind of persona persona non grata right now in flowery branch no one seems to be talking about desmond ritter terry Fontenot was asked specifically about desmond ritter and he's like yeah we keep in touch with him we keep in touch with all our players Okay, great. Um, but he did say quarterback play. So he's not tossing anybody under the bus other than the whole whole of it, which that's not a hot take, you know, that, that Atlanta had bad quarterback play. Now, again, I want Atlanta to bring in heavy competition. If Ritter's still there, so be it. I have a feeling if somebody comes in, Ritter's going to be out. It, it would might be cheap. It's just the personalities in the locker room, former starter, you want a fresh start, coaching staff, new coach, you don't necessarily need the last year's starter still there. Well, this is how we did it before. And, you know, that whatever. That I, I think that Desmond Ritter would be part of a trade package somewhere for a pick swap or something pretty pretty easy here. You send us a six and we'll send you a seventh and, and Ritter and, and we'll get that done. Um, the, uh, you know, what's your reaction to this to, to this uh you know this report and what do you think who do you think that can the 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 primary 
contenders, I guess, would be if 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 Atlanta decides that this is what they want to do, who would be their competition? Well, I, I guess the first question is how much do we put weight into the insider that reported this? Uh, I, I don't know him, but I'm not in the Bears circle. So there's always that. It's that time of year where you see, you know, JPA football on Twitter has an account from some n- nobody knows, you know, I'm a nobody knows too. That's fair. But uh, somebody that, you know, it's, it's a report, but how valid is it? That said, this, I feel like anybody, we could have put this out there, Scott, and it probably would have been true. The Falcons are looking at every single option. Of course, they're on the phone with the Bears now. Being the favorite's a different thing. That's We'll see how that goes. I wonder how much the Bears are going to try to do right by field. So they, I know Ryan Poles mentioned that as well. And if he has, if there's options, yeah, options for fields, does he get a little bit of say if the compensation is close? Does he have that, uh, that power? I know the Broncos did that with Von Miller uh, when they ended up trading him, but Von Miller was a, legend for the team compared to you know justin fields for the bears so i think it makes sense that the falcons would emerge as the favorites i think we probably will not see that it'll take after the combine for that to really solidify though i think the falcons are going to do the work on the quarterback draft class because you have a higher probability of hitting with the unknown there uh, than what we've seen with three years of data with fields and i think you have to make a decision on can we get one of those guys first do we love them that much more that we're going to hold out versus fields. Cause I feel like trading for fields is a door closing on the first round quarterback discussion this season. I agree. I, I do too. That said what the way that Ryan Poles was putting this, cause he, he used the, the phrase do right by Justin Fields three times. And he made it sound like he would like to get this done before free agency even opens. Mm-hmm. That's in just a couple of weeks. What I, what I, I think it's March 13th maybe is when it, when it opens up, um, you know, it's, it would be, it would be more fair to Justin Fields to get this done and, and the teams that we're dealing with to get this done before free agency. So everybody's set going into free agency without having that gray area, I think was his, his phrase, a gray area living in the gray. So if this happens, Atlanta Falcons fans, it could happen in the next two weeks uh, before free agency starts before the NFL draft, obviously. And I think that would be a really good because if you're the Bears, you want to hold on as long as possible. You maximize mm-hmm. this value the most the longer you wait and teams start getting desperate. Um, but as he said a bunch of three times, do right by Justin Fields. When we're talking about doing right by Scott and Nick, it's Michael Ronquillo coming in. Uh, coming in red hot. You know, I'm going to have to get you a Falcons shirt, Michael. We're going to have to figure something out. With that red Falcons, that Falcons red that you come in with on a consistent basis – it's it, we got a comment and I sent it to you, Michael, that uh, someone thinks that, um, you know, you're not real or that I'm you or something like that because your generosity is so unbelievable that people don't believe it. <laughs> believe it. Michael's the real deal. Real deal. Michael Ronquillo coming in supporting the show. Can't thank you enough, Michael. Uh, I know I see some folks on Facebook coming and say uh, good things about what you do as well. Again, Benefactor for the show, like a sponsor, keeping the lights on, keeping us in content. Hopefully, if you're here, you might enjoy listening to us talk. It's people like Michael Ranquillo that makes us, makes it happen. So a big thank you to Michael Ranquillo, Nick. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. I mean, what do you even say? Uh, Nick's diaper fund. That's They're going through them. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. And uh, thank you so much for the support on both shows. I mean, not even... A Falcons fan, but a fan of, I guess a fan of us, which is weird to say, but we're fans of Michael Ronquillo even more. So 
appreciate yeah, the, you. It helps support my bat problem. Um, I, I might not have to buy a bat for a while. I'm pretty happy with the one I got for, for Sean. I went and uh, I'm always looking for sponsors. You know, Louisville Select Power is what I went. He's in the, the BB Core range now. I know way too much about bats. Shout out to the Bat Bros uh, YouTube channel who started just reviewing bats. And now they're they're like 300,000 subscribers or something crazy. It's it, They're so much fun. They do a great job. Uh, Andrew Masia has a great philosophical question here. And I love it. Coming in with a super chat. He says, in your words, can you explain why quarterback scouting is so subjective? I see conflicting reports while they see all the same film. Nick, you take a stab at this first. Um, and then, uh, then I'll weigh in as well. Unless it is concrete data and that data has been standardized and then you are going to have conflicting reports because you're having people assess based on their eyes and what they see and sometimes what they feel as well. Uh, you ask a bears fan to look at Drake may they're going to be prickly because, uh, Oh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so there's always going to be levels of bias and influence in any human's uh, past uh, that's going to influence what they see. And a lot of the stuff is tangible uh, as well. So uh, it's unless you have like concrete data, that a lot of this stuff is going to be on a scale and variable. Uh, and even in the college level, because I threw in the word standardized there, what Bo Nix does putting up, you know, passing yards in Oregon and that offense is completely different. Uh, than the passing yards and output that you see from J.J. McCarthy in a pro-style offense in the Big Ten. So uh, there's always going to be some subjectivity in scouting. Uh, it's not just quarterback scouting. It's uh, trying to predict the future. And uh, it's also not always – that's the thing about scouting as well. You're trying to take what's going to happen, not what has happened. Uh, so it's a projection, and there's always going to be variability, chaos, uh, when you're taking what has happened and trying to – use that to influence to say what's going to happen in the future. The variability in this, Andrew, to, to, to pile on what Nick is saying is quarterback relies the most in this game of football for things you cannot measure. Now, the farther you get away from the ball, uh, except with the exception of the running back position, the more it depends on athleticism, wide receiver, cornerback, uh, edge rusher, the closer you get inside, it has to do with technique, brains, anticipation, all that kind of stuff, including probably the most of all of those positions inside linebacker. That's usually the captain of your defense inside linebacker center and quarterback, obviously quarterback being the most, but those, those three positions are the most dependent on things you can't measure. I can get a four, four inside linebacker and my four, eight linebacker is going to be better. That's not true. The farther you get away from the ball in most cases, I'd so you're, you're, you become, you become completely subjective in this in stuff you can't measure. And it makes the guesswork. It makes it harder when you're trying to insist to, to, okay, what's this guy's level of anticipation? Okay. That's a subjective measure. You can see sometimes when they've got it or not, and then you're still dealing with human beings and how they get into this system and how they're going to fit and the, the, what's around them and everything. And that's the big argument that people are having with Justin Fields right now. Justin Fields has not been overly successful with the Chicago bears. Now the final half of his third year, he, did pretty good. Um, I saw a comp with him and Lamar Jackson, and they were close. Uh, too many turnovers still on Justin Fields' side of things. But my question, Andrew, is, you know, for, for Falcons fans is, and this is my opinion on it, is Justin Fields makes your team better. 
he absolutely makes your team better. If Justin Fields was playing for the Atlanta Falcons last year, they're probably in the playoffs. Well, you'll never win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. Well, I can say that about everybody that's ever suited up for the Atlanta Falcons with the Atlanta Falcons because they've never won a Super Bowl. Yes, your ultimate goal should be on the ultimate prize, but after 60 years, after three consecutive seven and 10 seasons, I'm looking at improvement. How can you get better? Justin Fields makes you better. He can absolutely make you better at a relatively cheap cost. I'm interested. And the upside there is phenomenal. I'm, I, I am interested. But, but Andrew, the reason why you see conflicting reports is because the quarterback position relies the most on stuff you cannot measure. That's why. And it, it, it's, it's a dependent position as well. You got J.J. McCarthy playing in a, where he doesn't throw that much. You got an air raid guy like Case Keenum coming out of Houston where he's throwing the ball a bazillion times. Um, the, the In football scouting, stats mean just are the least important compared to other sports. Stats mm -hmm. mean the least because it's a team game, Nick. Yeah, and fortunately we have started to have uh, kind of a renaissance in football statistic where there are analytics that tend to be a little bit more predictive, but they're much better in the system versus evaluating individuals. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's hard and NFL college stats mean even less than NFL stats because it's so different. Uh, the level of competition, the difference in like Oregon going up against keep using Oregon, but let's say Oregon going up against, I don't know, uh, Cal, like it's the, it's different there, right? It's really hard to compare those two teams, even though they're in the same conference. So not as standardized and, uh, makes it hard. So also the other thing is it's the human element too. You, you mentioned the aspect of, you know, the, they're dependent and the, the. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean. You don't just go to the beach, you visit a private Island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick froze up on me just a little bit. I would assume he would come back here shortly. So I will start scrolling down. Nick, I'm going to remove you here while it's frozen and see if he comes back for us real quick. And then uh, once I get a high sign from him, I'll add him back to the stream. Want to say hello to some other folks that have come in because the chat is starting to pop here. Pretty good for us here. Uh, string guy coming in. Um, he says, uh, good morning, all of the vet quarterbacks. Who would be the best fit for Atlanta? Fields, Wilson, or Cousins? Wilson is certainly your cheapest option. Assuming he's healthy, I think Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback here for a three-wide type of system that is going to be a, a pretty standard package that the Rams have run that we expect Zach Robinson to run. Kirk Cousins is probably the best option. 
He's much riskier because he is 36 years old, coming off a very serious injury, and he will be about $40 million. Those are the risks there. He's, he's old, injured, and expensive. Those are scary propositions. That said, I think he's probably the best quarterback, Kirk Cousins here. Wilson mm. becomes a very good option because Russell Wilson becomes a very good option because he is dirt freaking cheap. He the, the Denver Broncos are going to be paying him uh, $39 million this year, no matter what. And any dollar you give to Russell Wilson goes back to the Broncos. He has zero incentive to try and get more money out of the team that he will be playing with next year. So he'll sign for a vet minimum. Uh, and he's a good quarterback. He's absolutely, again, going back, well, you'll never win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson at this stage of his career. Does he help you get better? Do, do the Atlanta Falcons make the playoffs? Do they win the South? Do they fill the stands? Do they play some exciting football? Those are the steps, the incremental steps I'm looking for right now after watching five, six years now, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, six years of garbage. I'm ready to see some, I'm ready to be excited about the, about Mercedes again, about Mercedes, about the Benz again. I'm ready to be excited about Falcons football again. Uh, Fields has the most upside and long-term projection of all of those guys. And he would be cheap as well. Um, And Nick, you've heard me say a bunch and I'll stick by this. I will stick by this. I don't know if they do it, but I will stick by this. If you trade for fields, you do not pick up his fifth year option. You make him play for a contract and if he doubles his money in a, in a contract year and you have to pay him $40 million, so be it. That means you made the playoffs. It could also be that he comes in and you give him a two-year deal immediately or a three-year deal immediately uh, rather than the fifth-year option. So uh, he's got a lot of upside still, very good athlete. I would be curious about him in a Zach Robinson-style uh offense there's Sean McVay tree but uh, they've done a pretty good job of matching what they uh, the quarterback to the scheme or the scheme to the quarterback excuse me so we'll see there as far as those quarterback options if you are gung-ho on the rookie quarterback then you probably want Russell Wilson because there's no way in heck he keeps you from taking a rookie quarterback in the draft class the other two probably do you're probably punting at the position there uh, to take one of the guys this year so if you want a rookie quarterback you're taking him with Wilson because at this point, Wilson is a middle of the pack stopgap bridge, bridge style quarterback. He's a bridge. Russell Bridge Wilson, uh, Nick. Yeah. John Harrell, great to see you. Speaking of one of our great benefactors, he says, Good morning, Scott and Nick and the Falcons family. Good to see you. Red Swarm, good morning, Scott. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Papa Nick and all my friends in the chat. Terry and Raheem seem to be having a lot of fun talking to the media yesterday. I feel pretty good about our team moving forward. Um, I like the staff that's been put together. We like the roster that's been put together. Got to get the quarterback right. And immediately after Raheem was hired, I'm older than him, I think. I can call him Raheem. (laughs) After Raheem was hired and after Dan Quinn was hired, those those happened fairly close together. Mm. It was obvious who won the press conference, you know, and I I bring up Dan Quinn because one, he was in this, this hiring cycle too. He's a new coach and, you know, we all know Dan Quinn. Uh, that he, we mentioned right away that Raheem Morris won the press conference. And and that's part of being a head coach is the politics of all of it. That's why we say the mad scientists really like being coordinators. Uh, Marley ATL, good morning. Uh, good morning, Scott and Nick. Coffee, I'll, I'll drink to that. Let me get a slug of 
Let's look at that Puerto Rican blend from Michael Lewitsky, who keeps us uh, caffeinated along with Patrick at uh, at LionCoffee.com. Roderick Cook, afternoon, everyone. Coming in from across the pond. Corey Johnson, hello. Um, let me see here as we come down. Uh, Joseph Smith, feels like a newer name. Good to see you. We got Andrew Masia. Dave, Dave, one of the OGs who's been with us from the beginning is here as well. Silas Draven, good morning, good morning. Um Anthony Evans, good morning, fellas. We got the captain also. We're not going to show your name, Captain. You're 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 a little uh, PG R PG thirteen rated for our morning show. <laughs> Pamela Johnson, good to see you, Pamela. Welcome, the ladies of uh, of the Falcons podcast. We love it. Brian is here as well. Uh, and then Ryan Adonis comes in. Can you imagine getting Fields and then getting Malik Neighbors? That's a possibility, Nick. And like I said, we're going to go through a we're going to go through a mock draft. We'll make the trade. Uh, we'll, Nick and I will come to a, a, a conclusion on what it might cost to make that trade. And then we're going to do a mock draft. And you can absolutely get Malik Neighbors. Now, you have plenty of free agency money still to go on that defensive side of the ball. Atlanta Falcons fans, if you were to say, okay, I got Justin Fields coming in. I got Malik Neighbors coming in. And I got Daniil Hunter coming in. I got Troy Anderson coming back. Could that get me a little excited for Falcons football come September? That'd do that'd do a little for me, Nick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The question is, I mean, can Malik Neighbors get to eight? I feel like I've seen him hardly fall past uh, six. Uh, it's just so many teams need wide receivers picking before the Falcons, and you guys don't necessarily – I mean, you need a wide receiver. It doesn't have to be a first-round pick. But I did appreciate Raheem Morris. Somebody asked him about adding another playmaker, and he said, "Ah, we could add pretty much anything. We're open to everything. We need play. We need another guy across from Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Use another cornerback. I mean, we're looking at everything. So, even though the Falcons have really heavily in, invested in the skill positions around the quarterback, it you got to let the board dictate it in the end. It's still a value position, and neighbors and Adunze are uh, really, and of course Marvin Harrison Jr." are really, really, really talented as prospects. So if you walk out with any of them, I wouldn't, I would not care that you spent your last three picks, first round picks on skill position guys too. Uh, you just keep chipping away and adding talent. Four in a row. Yep. Four picks. Pitts, Robinson, London. I, but that was, I was saying, up leading up to yeah. taking that guy. Yep. Yeah, uh, and again, your offense would be pretty well set. Like, like I said last year, the kind of phrase I kind of used was the Falcons have built an offense, except for the motor, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they've they bought a defense. Now, not completely. You got AJ Terrell, you got Grady Jarrett, but they they put some money into they put their free agency money into the defensive side of the ball. Breon Green has a really good question here. What's the cap hit for Fields' first year? Basically, the last year the fourth year of his rookie deal, then you've got the fifth year option that would come with it if you decided to exercise. That's another thing to keep in mind, Nick. That happens after the draft, though. You could make a trade and then decide to, um, to to pick up that option. That doesn't happen in the next two weeks. But the cap hit, Falcons fans, for Justin Fields in his first year is $1.6 million. $1.6 million. It would be his base salary. The, um, the signing bonus... You might have to pick up the roster bonus. I'm not positive on that, um, depending on when he goes. So at most, at most, it's $3.2 million is his cap hit for 2024. The quarterback, 50-year option in the first round, jumps to $25.6 million 
the next year. So it goes from three to 26. That's why I'm saying I do not pick up his fifth-year option. I do not Sam Darnold this thing. I've got a quarterback that I'm bringing in that I still have questions about as his long-term future. It's a low-cost, high-upside possibility, but it's no sure thing. I am not making a $26 million commitment to a guy who hasn't thrown a pass for the Atlanta Falcons yet. If he plays like a top 10 quarterback, he gets $40 million. So be it. I'd rather do that than be committed to twenty uh, $25 million to Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's a good call. And the other thing about Justin Fields in the fifth-year option is that that fifth-year option is going to be 100% guaranteed, including injuries. And Justin Fields has missed a lot of time because of injuries. Now, if you sign him to a new contract, you have some, a little bit more wiggle room. You're not going to give him that Kirk cousins, 100% uh, guaranteed contract. So there are some moves here, but uh, I don't know how much stock you put into draft sharks. They kind of do a injury probability uh, risk and they have Justin Fields chance of injuries as very high risk. Um, 89% chance he gets in, misses at least two quarters next season. Uh, projected to miss three games next year. And you just look through the list of injuries in his uh, career to date. Uh, knee MCL grade two sprain, knee MCL grade two sprain, chest rib sprain, pulled uh, hammy, hand, hand sprain, groin pull, chest fracture, AC joint sprain, hip strain, th- uh, dislocated thumb. I mean, this is this is three years in the league. Um, that's so there's there's obviously risk. There. That's one reason that like Justin Fields is like, uh, you know, yeah, he's going to be here for a good time, maybe not a long time, but that's one reason I probably give him a contract because as crazy as it sounds, you give yourself more flexibility uh, rather than the hundred percent injury guaranteed contract. He might, he might turn that down. He might, you know, it would take, it would take two to tango on that. He's yep. like either pick up my fifth year option or pay me the equivalent of, or turn me loose and we'll, I'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, Daniel Whetstone coming in. It's a cool last name. Uh, coming in on uh, Facebook with some stars. Thank you for uh, for breaking the ice over there on Facebook with the stars. He says, with edge rushers and free agency, who's your guy's preference in the players available? Brian Burns is not available. Josh Allen is not available as far as I'm concerned. Now, they're free agents, but at best, you're talking tag and trade because they the, the, the Panthers tag him, the Jaguars tag Allen, and they say, I'm not playing on the tag. Forget it. I'm not coming back. I'm not tagging. Then it's okay. You either sit out of here or you're going to have to trade for him. So it would be two first round picks for those guys. So I'm calling those guys off the table. After that, where do you want to go, Nick? Uh, Daniel Hunter stands out. I obviously didn't Daniel Hunter. Um, he's a really good option. Of course, if you wanted to go, that's kind of second tier guy. Uh, AJ Epinesa makes some sense. I see Dave bring up Bryce Huff from the jets. He's interesting. And you do expect Allen and Burns to be tagged. Wasn't Burns tagged last year as well? Or am I missing? No, he he wasn't. That was an I think that was his option year. I've got spot rack up. Okay. Let me look it up. But he uh he was he was going into the last year of his contract, and they turned down like two first round draft picks for him last year from the Rams. So he played twenty twenty three on his fifth year option, knowing that he had already like turned down an extension. So he played on his fifth year option last year. So he, if, if he's tagged, it would, he'd go from 16 million to about $20 million. And he might say, I'm not playing on that. Okay, that's fine. But you're still going to have to trade two first round draft picks for him more than likely, or the Panthers will play hardball and just say, well, then sit your ass out. Yeah. That's just the way NFL works. There's not a lot of options for the players. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, they're not. The uh, teams hold the cards. But I think, yeah, those guys stand out, of course. We'll see who else is released uh, in the end, too. I mean, that's we're heading up to that point where there's going to be some free agents available, street free agents because of contract stuff. So always when we talk about free agency, half the guys aren't going to be there and half half the guys on the market aren't aren't even listed yet. So still kind of waiting to see who's available there. But Daniil Hunter is probably the one who stands out again, talking about injury risk. It's there for him. Uh, but assuming a- Allen and uh, yeah, Josh Allen and Brian Burns are tagged and back, which probably should be. Uh, those are the guys who stand out to me. And then I'd keep an eye on Jonathan Greenard, uh, Houston Texans is someone yes. that would be a 15 to 17 million a year guy, uh, 20 going, I think he'll play at 26 next year. Um, that's another one to keep an eye on. But so but right now, probably in this window of win now, Daniil Hunter is kind of where I want to go. If you want to have an instant impact again, I'm not talking Super Bowl right now. I'm talking let's get this team to 10 and seven in the playoffs where they can actually make some noise past couple of years. They could have eked into the playoffs, you know, by not blowing some games that they, you know, Carolina Panthers by not blowing a couple of games, they, they weren't good enough. They weren't really contenders. That was a product of them being in the NFC South, not a product of them being any good. This could be a good team. This can be a good team that can go in and beat the Philadelphia Eagles like Tampa Bay did, that can beat the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. I mean, who doesn't? Um, that can, that can I'm, and I'm, I'm kidding, but could be a contender to move on to the NFC Championship game, to have a, 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 a season like the Detroit Lions did. I mean, the uh, NFC, it, let's be real, Scott. The, the NFC is open. The mm-hmm. NFC is wide freaking open. I mean, the 49ers have the best odds, but there are no Godzilla monsters at quarterback in the NFC. I can't, I mean... I guess you can maybe say Dak Prescott, but I mean, that's, he, he's not, he's not th- that tier. He's probably tier three uh, for me. And that's really good. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, I mean, Hertz took a, it's step a wide back. pyramid that goes down when you yeah. say tier three, there's like 10 tiers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tier three, three is a good franchise quarterback. I would kill for a tier three quarterback. You have a chance with a tier three quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the lions, San Francisco stand out. And after that, it's a, Big bunch of question marks uh, here in the NFC. So the NFC is open, uh, especially in the immediate future. So why not now? I mean, you talked about it. This team could be a lot better. I, mean, I know some people pr- uh, uh, prickle a bit at the thought of Kirk Cousins, but we saw him throwing around. If he passes the medicals, you and I haven't. I I, I don't know if no, I was my, Nick, to, to your point, people are prickling about every quarterback that is available to the Atlanta Falcons. Every single one. Mm-hmm. there's going to be some big naysayers no matter who the Falcons get a quarterback this year. There's going to be a backlash of negativity, but that's who's available. That's yeah. who's available right now. And can they make your team better? Yeah, definitely. Of course. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I see the cousins thing too. I mean, I don't, I'm not listening to other Falcons people other than you, Scott. So not influenced there, but I mean, I, I feel like I brought him back. I mean, if somebody wants to comb through the tape, maybe AI can do it and look for me saying Kirk Cousins in the hours and hours and hours of BS audio that we, I have on here. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I brought up Cousins as a fit back in like October, early October. I'm like, can you imagine how good this team would be with Cousins if he's available next season? Because at that point, it's like, yeah, Ritter. <laughs> it's yeah. a small sample size, but uh-oh. Uh, so uh, Cousins would be awesome uh, in the Falcons. What is the upside there? I don't know. And I see Dave come in also says, is there any truth to Cousins being selfish? Have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything about that. From my understanding is he's he's definitely 
got like the dad vibe. It's almost like an Eli Manning esque kind of vibe, but like the guys like him and rally around him um, and really respect him. And he's he's like he's different. He's kind of a dork, but he's a good quarterback, and they like playing with a good quarterback, so yeah. they live with it. And he, he's a dozen years older than most of his teammates, different so it's, it's different. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a different generation. You know, when these guys are going out and doing this, he's going home to the family. You know, hey, let's let's go out after the game, fellas. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go home. I'm 35 years old and I'm sore and tired. I want to go to bed. Um, God, one of my favorite quotes I ever heard. Uh, Charles Barkley was once asked, you know, about playing. You know, he's about you know, do you still have the energy to play? Uh, you know, the back to back to back nights that the NBA used to do, the three games in a row. And he goes, man, I'm 36 years old. I don't even like to have sex three nights in a row. <laughs> Yeah. And I see comments in the chat about Kirk Cousins uh, being injury prone. And yes, he's coming off the Achilles, which is like, of course, a huge uh, issue. But like, I feel like he's been a freaking Iron Man. No, uh, I, I looked at point. this. Someone said this the other day and I'm like, you're, you're out of your mind. He, he hasn't missed a game other than that one since 2014. I'm, the only game he sat out was a game where they were already in the playoffs he sat it out in two in 2019 when they were 10 and he was 10 and five and he sat out that game. Other than that, he hasn't missed a game for injury. He only played si- only he played wow. 16 out of 16 games in 2021 when they made the playoffs. So that may have been a, a seating also, but he's played an average of 16 games for 10 years. Yeah, I'm looking at a, the- 16, a 17 game season for three. Kirk Cousins is not injury prone. He's been injured. And that's scary because of the age and the type of injury can be detrimental for more yes. than a year. That is yep. scary, but he he's not he's not injury prone by any stretch of the imagination. You remember how much I was reading about Fields injuries and that uh, Draft Sharks fantasy injury rating? Just just forget the number, the chance of injuries. I don't know about the formula they're using to come up with that, but the injury history, the Achilles injury that caused him to miss games the last time he missed games because of an injury. He missed one game in college at Michigan State because of a grade one sprained ankle. I just, I, it's just f- verifiably and emphatically false to call him injury prone. Now, you want to have questions about the Achilles? Sure. The age? Sure. The contract, mm-hmm. the upside? Sure. Yeah. But when we're dealing with facts here and that, you know, there's a lot of black, gray out here. But when you're dealing with facts out here, that's just not true. Uh, so do want to push that one back. He's tough. He's played through dings and bruises. He's not missed time. And if you can get him in here, you might even get him a discount because the Achilles. I just, I don't know. I feel like with where you're at right now, if you draft a quarterback, even Caleb Williams in this class, you're probably not really entering your go up and get it uh, phase as a team two and a half years from now, right? Like there's never been a rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I think uh, maybe even only one's ever had the number one seed in their conference. I think Ben Roethlisberger in 20, whatever year he came in, uh, they had that, uh, but I think if you bring in a veteran like that, you are in it right now. You can go and do it, but it comes down to the Achilles and I'm not going to pretend to know what the diagnosis is there and what that looks like. Uh, But he's a quarterback who's not dependent on his athleticism. It's a different conversation with Russell Wilson, who cannot work the middle of the field, tries to escape the pocket. Cousins is a positive to the pocket. He has unbelievable pocket feel and is an obvious scheme fit because of what we saw him do with Kevin O'Connell, who the exact same coaching tree as Sean McVay. So, I mean, it just, it makes sense if the Achilles 
uh, is there. And I get, you know, chat can disagree with me here. I know some of you really disagreed with me last year about Desmond Ritter being questionable or Anthony Richardson being a top 10 pick. Uh, we'll see in the end, right? We're trying to project. I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers because that would make me a big fat phony and a liar. Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, that's a more so than I already am. Uh, but uh, I think that a lot of this stuff, I just don't understand the the total pushback here because he's a really talented quarterback, but it comes down to the medicals yeah. in the end. That's a huge caveat. So I don't know. I, I guess I disagree with some of the chat here. Yeah, as far as injury prone now, a guy who had a pretty good rookie season for a record is someone that you left out, 2008 Matt Ryan. They were 11 and 5, and he had probably his second worst quarterback rating for the entire year. So it wasn't Matt Ryan, it was the team around him and him trying not to screw up. Uh he he had um they were 11 and 5. He had 16 touchdowns against 11 interceptions. That was like his second worst uh, ratio in his entire career, but you know, yes, you can be an 11 and five with a rookie quarterback. If you decided to go that way with this team in this division, with this schedule, uh, Edward Brown coming in and he's concerned and excited because yes, there will be some changes. He says, can't wait to see what the wide receiver room looks like come September. I'm guessing there's going to be a minimum of two rookies in it. I, I hope so. It's a deep draft for rookies, uh, for, for wide receivers, deep draft for rookies. Here, there you go, Scott a deep draft for wide receivers. And I'd love to see a couple of rookies come in. This is Drake's third year. This is Kyle Pitts's fourth year. Bring in one steady pro. Go get a Gabe Davis type. And then get a couple of rookies to come in with some upside. I I would I would love to. I'm here for that. I'm just ready for you guys to, you know, give a fifth round pick for Jerry Judy. How's, how's that sound? So let's get that going. As far as the timing the offense goes. Or, depending on what else happens, if you get... If you get Justin Fields, I don't think he's a and, fit then. And his three million dollar cap hit, yeah. and I get Daniil Hunter, and twenty million dollars. I'm still playing with about thirty million dollars in free agency. I could take on Jerry Judy's thirteen million dollar contract. I could. Mm, easy. Do I want to? He. I think he can be a really good third option on a team. Yeah. where he's not the spotlight's not on him of the number one draft pick i think he wilts under pressure uh yeah. as far as i know you don't want to hear that falcons fans for a guy you're I, but having him be part of a bigger core instead of the big spotlight on him could be good for him having a man covered beater i don't particularly want him with the falcons though and right. certainly not at 13 million no yeah it's just having a man coverage beater you don't have anybody like that right now it's like oh pre-snap this looks like man I, my eyes are moving towards Judy on a one year. I would love a yak guy in the slot. Yeah. Uh, yak. You know, do you want a yak or do you want somebody who's more consistent in getting open and making, I, I think that they're the same because okay. the, the guys that have the ability to get yards after the catch are either physical beasts, which you've already got mm -hmm. those guys or they're super quick. So if they're super quick, they should be able to get separation in the middle of the field. And if they're super quick in the middle of the field, they should be able to get yards after the catch. So I kind of put those two together. Okay. Sometimes it's Judy's not physical. And I think I put a little bit more weight on the ability to break tackles and make yeah. the first guy miss. Um, no, and I think, of, scenario, okay, but... I've got separation. I think, I think Jerry Rice, you know, in something like, okay, a quick slant, he's got separation. Now he's in the middle of the field and he's gone. So once you have separation, You've got space to operate and you're quick. 
So that's that's how I I consider that. But there's I do think he'd be a very good wide receiver three, though, and Mm -hmm. totally different than anything the Falcons have right now. And if you're running a more timing oriented 11 personnel heavy offense, which I'm pretty sure the Rams the last four years have been the highest 11 personnel offense in football uh, that that would make sense. And you're with that kind of viewpoint as well. Um, you're looking for that kind of guy. And I, I don't think Judy is pure trash. And I don't also don't think he's a diva. I, uh, think that's, I appreciate Rusty's got so much passion. I appreciate you Rusty. Uh, but I think that he's kind of, he's actually a little bit more of a quiet, um, personality, honestly. And the upside for a, for a fifth or sixth round pick, it's just going to be a fifth or sixth. You're talking about nothing there. Uh, in that type of value. It's really really the the opportunity. What What it comes down to Nick is the opportunity cost. Yeah. Could that, if I have to pick up the bulk of his $13 million, could that money be spent better elsewhere? My answer is yes, it could. It, it depends because of how contracts are structured. The thing about paying, doing that for Judy is it's all right now, where let's say you bring in a Gabe, Dave, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Gabe Davis. He's going to cost less year one than that, but the guarantees in the long term are going to be bigger. It's going to balloon three years from now, and you're going to be in a different situation salary cap-wise than you are right now as well. You're going to have AJ Terrell coming up. You're going to have your know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts decisions. Kyle Pitts is the same. Yeah. So well, that's his, one that won't be the same in 2026 though. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a different conversation. When you talk about bringing in a free agent, it's always like, okay, you're going to be 10% of your cap hit the first year, and then it's going to explode and you're never going to see the last year of your deal. No, I'm not thinking that way, Nick. I'm thinking, would I rather draft a rookie wide receiver, two rookie wide receivers and have them Ricky Pearsall and Malachi Corley have those guys in their cost controls and cheap. And then I've got the, the $12 million left over to go get an, a, you know, a Bud Dupree type who was a, a serviceable edge rusher to go get a, a, a big, that's a big money safety at $6 million to get my cornerback too. Yeah. So I'm thinking I could probably get two starters on defense plus draft my wide receivers for the money. It would cost me to get Jerry Judy against my salary cap. It's a and money that's, conversation that's not where I want to go. I do think Corley and who was the other name you threw out there? Pearsall. 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 Those guys are both going top 70. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that that's the difference between that and the fifth round pick, especially this oh, year. Cause Falcons have four picks in the top 75. So there you yeah. go. So if um, you want to use two now on, until we do our mock draft and we're going to give at least one of those away. Lance yeah. comes in. He says uh, with a super chat. Thank you, Lance. It feels like this might be your first super chat. I can't see that you get stickers on YouTube for that, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He says too much negativity in the fan base on acquiring fields. I don't know how fans can't be excited about the potential, even with his issues. Many defended Smith Ritter all year. Um, there were people, I call them defenders of the program who no matter what will defend what the team does and who the teams are, the players mm-hmm. are They're as delusional as the people are biased about being closed-minded about the possibilities. Now that it lies somewhere in between what I really can't stand. I see the conversation. There was a good comment on, on our last chat saying, this is what I, about John U. Smith, um, which is news. Also, John U. Smith has been waived freeing up six and a half million dollars of cap uh, money. He could be resigned being released before free agency starts is a favor to the player. Go out and check and see what you can get. We'll be here. Maybe we'll see. But it doesn't mean he's, his chapter is necessarily over for sure in Atlanta. Um, but the, the comment was, oh, you're a general manager now. You know, good thing you know about the players and the money. It's like, dude, we're here for conversations. If you don't want to have the conversation, then go away. Don't don't bag somebody for having an opinion. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, so just don't bother with, uh, what, are you a general manager now? No, we're discussing. 
<laughs> that's what we do. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, and there will be, I've said it before, Lance, on this show, I'll keep saying it. No matter who the Falcons get at quarterback, there's going to be a negativity uprising because there are red flags on every single available quarterback. I'm looking at potential upside, cost of acquisition, and long-term. Those are the things I'm looking at. The good news for me, Nick, is pretty much every quarterback that they have that, the, that is available to the, the Falcons will provide better quarterback play than the Falcons had last year. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree with you in that. It was disappointing last season. I know that you know we can rewind back to July last year and all the quarterback ranking stuff like, Oh, Ritter is ranked the worst quarterback in the NFL. And we kind of like, well, how do you know that? How, I mean, that's, that's not totally fair. Well, in hindsight, he was close <laughs> to that. So we will, uh, you know, I, there's a reason that the fans are a little bit, you know, prove it, you know, the show me state, Scott, as you always like to say, it's not just a Missouri, it's a state of mind. Uh, so I also appreciate uh, Thank you, Lance, for coming in here. Uh, as far as negativity with fields, it's just, you know, there's a lot of, there's a reason he's available and there's been questions and injuries and a lot of negative plays. I think that I'm really appreciating that the analytics community is starting to come forward and make it more mainstream about just how detrimental sacks are in uh, and the pressure to sack ratio. And Fields has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL the last three seasons at negative plays in terms of fumbles, interceptions, and sacks. And those are just absolute drive killers. Uh, so he improved with that down the stretch this season. But you add that to the injuries as well, the playing on time. The tools are still there. He's really young. He's also really well liked in that locker room. He's worth a shot, but it's not a so much so that it's like the obvious, no doubt decision. There's a discussion to be had. And as you mentioned, positives and negatives for every single path. And we're just going to hope for the best and wait and see. Chris comes in and says, when does the legal tampering period begin? I hate that phrase, by the way. I know you do. You meant you complained about it last year. It's two days, 48 hours before. It's legal. It's not tampering. Yeah. But it's legal, Scott. Then it's not tampering. Sure, just make sure you declare it to the IRS and it's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> I, I saw a tweet the other day, IRS, you know, make sure you, you have to claim your stolen property. Otherwise you're going to get, get for tax evasion. So if you stole any cars, make sure that you're reporting it to the IRS. Otherwise they're coming for you. Smack my head on that one. Uh, it's usually, I think it's the Sunday of the free, of free agency. The contact period for potential free agents begins. I think it's that Sunday. So it's usually two days before you're allowed to start signing them. The contact period yep. uh, begins then, Chris. Um, I did want to, one comment real quick. I know we want to get to the uh, the mock draft uh, first. Barrett Gay coming in nine ninety nine. Thank you so much, Barrett. Rocking the uh, the dog's hat there as well. Uh, I bet you're excited about the expanded playoffs. Not that George is ever going to miss the playoffs again, but uh, I think man, they would. The more I think about it, if they'd have gotten in last year, I think they would have steam uh, boat raced everybody. I think Alabama got them in like that one out of ten times, and uh, that was it. So. Things are really opening up even more so for Georgia. Uh, I see Troy coming in saying blah, blah, blah to us. I don't know if it's us or the comment section. So, Troy, be nice. Be kind. It's okay. Um, but he says, give me Baker and a first-round quarterback sit for the three years, draft the number one and a third-round edge, and let's roll. Why am I sitting a first-round quarterback for three years? That's I don't first... have a back-to-back -back MVP ahead of him. The idea nope. of doing that is asinine. It I... really is. Look at Jordan Love. Look at Jordan Love. Jordan Love would be even better if he had played for the first three years. That's if you've Maybe. got a back-to-back -back MVP at quarterback, fine. But just putting him behind for three years, no thanks. Yeah, no I thanks. agree with you Draft there. That's slam. You you need a quarterback. Yeah, one year at most. One year at most. 
Mm-hmm. Unless something crazy happens and the guy you have, it's, it's a, uh, you know, Kurt Warner situation. It's like, oh man, we, we got a live one here. Uh, but as far as drafting a true number one, I mean, the odds of drafting a true number one pretty much are, you have to use a first round pick. So that's makes it hard with the, not as much so as the next one drafting a third round edge. That's typically a rotational guy in the NFL, especially in this class. Um, so I, I don't know, but the one thing I wanted to touch here, Troy, I appreciate you coming in over on Facebook. Even if we disagree with some of the premises there is, uh, I wonder if we haven't talked enough about Baker Mayfield. The fact that Canalis, I probably get in the Canales. name of Canalis is moved on now from Tampa Bay to, uh, Carolina. And the fact that Carolina, Washington. no, he's Carolina, Carolina. He's the Dan Quinn went to Washington. Carolina. See the yeah, head Dan- coach in Carolina. Yes. Who went to Washington, Tampa Bay? Uh, Dan Quinn went to Washington. That's right. It is. Con- okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, you got it right. I'm yeah, all so, confused. And Tampa Bay is very much up against with a dead cap. Maybe that's a dark horse for uh, Justin Fields. Maybe Baker Mayfield isn't back there in Tampa Bay. Mike Evans. I mean, who knows? So I think uh, actually Mayfield, he worked with Zach Robinson in uh, Los Angeles for uh, a year, two years ago. Right. So there, I mean, there's, there's options there. I guess I really haven't considered the Baker, Baker Mayfield angle. Uh, because I just assumed he'd be back in Tampa, but with the offensive coordinator gone there and some massive upheaval in Tampa with the dead cap hit stuff, they went for it with Tom Brady and it worked out, but, uh, that's one that, uh, will interest me. Um, that's a name I didn't consider. So thank you for that. Uh, Troy, just mentioning Baker. Yeah. Uh, that's a good shout again. There's options. There's going to be negativity, no matter who the Falcons get at quarterback this year. Mm. And I will. As uh, Keith, I'll show this in a little bit. I will guarantee the Falcons get better quarterback play, get better production out of the quarterback position than they did in 2023. Your team gets better this year. Uh, Andrew says, how do you compare quarterbacks based on the competition that they face in college? Is it just traits-based eval? A couple of things you try and look at. I want to look at at pre-snap reads. You know, How are they processing what they see in front of them, if you can? Um, two, you try and it is traits, absolutely footwork, frame, arm strength, accuracy, all those things you can see. And then you try and get like for like throws. Okay. I'm not interested in the screen, 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 dump off over the middle. There will be throws in there that are going to be similar. And I can go through, if I'm putting a, you know, $25 million into a first round quarterback, I've got time and a team of underpaid scouts that are going bleary-eyed to put together film of 400 throws, weed out anything under 10 yards and put them and, and give them on this quarterback, this quarterback, and this quarterback, and give me a three-minute cutoff on each. We can do all those things. So all those things are good. That's why you're a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar organization like an NFL franchise. Yeah, I, and I'm very much, Andrew, good question here. I mean, we could have a whole off-season conversation on this. Uh, after myself making a massive miss on Josh Allen and Josh Rosen as quarterbacks, a different evaluator now than I was then. It's just so hard to evaluate the processing because of how simplified uh, the reads are. And a lot of the answers are for these quarterbacks coming out of college. So I need to trust what I can see. And that is the traits and what is actually there on the film. I don't really care about the stats so much unless, you know, somebody is so wildly, and act like there are cutoffs, obviously, Scott, like, you know, oh, just blindly pick a quarterback here. We're taking Joe Milton first overall because the traits, it goes into it a little bit, but you're talking about the levels there. So I think if you're talking about quarterbacks at the top, I am hunting 
those Godzilla monsters, you know, the demigod types where I want the huge athlete with the giant arm uh, from where I sit. And unfortunately, and fortunately, because time and everything and not having to make that decision, so much is going to matter on the leadership, the intelligence, the intangibles, the whiteboard session. Like you'll have a, it was Nate Tice the other day. He sat down with uh, CJ Stroud before the draft uh, last year. And he was talking, going through some film with him. And he's like, okay, tell me what you see here. And he's like actually talking about the, the reading the linebackers. Like, oh my God, you're so like the typical answer here would be the safeties, but you're so advanced in your ability to process and see things that you're seeing the safeties, but it's while looking at the linebackers. So you're able to view both levels of the defense while reading the linebackers at the same time. That is advanced stuff that you don't typically see tell a guy's much older. You don't get that from just watching the film from where we're at. We don't know what their reads or progressions are or exactly what they're supposed to do. So for me, from where I sit, I'm going to have to trust what I can see, which is the good enough stats, you know, baseline wise in combination with the arm talent, the size, the athleticism, the rest of it. You can put, you can bake it in a little bit. Let's call it what it is, Scott, the intelligence, the leadership stuff. It's hearsay. So you got to trust the coaches and the scouts on that from where we sit. Yeah, you can see some of that stuff in person. You know, there's there's coaches don't scout a ton. <laughs> Even college coaches don't. You see a college coach on the sidelines of a game, they're there to be seen. That's a recruiting trip. But you can you get them in um you get them in a camp environment and see how they interact with guys they've never thrown to before and that type of stuff. You the more you're around them, you can get a, a pretty good idea. And Rusty Moore He's he's all for Fields and and, and Roma Dunze coming in. You get you get a wide receiver with the first round pick. Could happen, dude. It absolutely could happen. He says Raheem called Desmond trash. Love it. <laughs> Raheem said, let's face it, if the, if the Falcons had better quarterback play last year, I'm probably not here. He did say play. He did say quarterback play, which is what I've said. I try not mm. to just uh, you know shovel on Desmond Ritter's you know grave. Because it it wasn't all on Desmond Ritter last year. There's a reason no. why you know, the coach was fired too. So, uh, Oblivion Empire coming with a super sticker. Thank you for the support, my friend. As always, uh, good to see you in here. And Keith and Ellen Johnson with multiple stars coming in on Facebook. He says, Scott and Nick, please guarantee me at least a playoff spot. I will not guarantee that. I can feel like no matter who, the good thing is, no matter who the Atlanta Falcons get in at quarterback this year. They will have better quarterback play in 2024 than they did in 2023. I feel, and I'm not, it may end up being Desmond Ritter. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in that, but there's a small one. I think the play is better in 2024 than it was in 2023. That's about the only guarantee I'm willing to throw out there. Yeah. I expect a solid team this season and should be a real it's an up and coming team and you have a lot to be excited about and there's still so many avenues to grow as a team as well you have four top 100 picks you have a top 10 pick you have cap space you have young emerging talent and the reason you're in a position where you can potentially go back to the board at a skill position is because you have such a good foundation on the offensive line you've done well with your free agency signings uh so i think that is you know quarterback and defensive line scott probably arguably the two most important areas on the field, uh, in my opinion, the next would be offensive line. Uh, those are areas that still need work. Uh, so you can chip away there. Hopefully a little bit. It's hard to do without first round picks, uh, without multiple first round picks, but 
definitely a way to improve this team uh, without a doubt. And I think you're in good hands with Raheem Morris. Uh, he seems like it's obviously in the honeymoon phase, but you could tell that the, the media when they were interviewing him was eating out the palm of his hand. They like him. He's good with them. And uh, hopefully everything goes well this season, but you got to figure out that, uh, that quarterback position. All right, let's go into a mock draft. Assuming the Falcons have made a trade for Justin Fields. Okay. What do the Atlanta Falcons give up to get Justin Fields? I think you give up your second round pick and a future third. Okay, I was thinking maybe a second and a pick swap at eight and nine. That's that's possible too. Um, especially let's, the let's Bears keep it eight and nine, and we'll go second and a twenty twenty five round third. I think that. I think that's more likely. That's just more like the Sam Darnold one based on precedent. Uh, but uh, that's that we could also do a third round pick and uh, we could do a third round pick and third round pick this year, third round pick next year, plus the pick swap. They think that's too rich. hundred percent chance. This is accepted. How about a third? How about a third, the 74 and a future two. That's a little, that's a little rich. Let's Future just make two. it get, just make it two threes. We'll just have fun with it. Two threes, and we're going to force this trade. So, okay, seventy four and a and a future third rounder. I think it'll cost us. You know what? Flip flip the picks. Second, I'm going to go with a second, a future fifth. There, that's right in the middle. On that one, would be accepted. I'm going to go Justin Fields, number forty three overall, and a future fifth for uh for the Atlanta Falcons and Justin Fields. And you know what? We'll throw in Desmond Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> we'll throw in Desmond Ritter too, uh, instead of our future fifth. So a, a second and Desmond Ritter for Justin Fields. Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. Start draft. Start draft. Okay. Um, coming off the board: Drake May, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Nate Wiggins. Corner should be a could be a high riser. Someone to watch this week. Brock Bowers at five. Malik Neighbors goes at six. Joe Alt at seven. There's Roma Dunze right there. Feel okay at tackle. Uh, Cooper DeGene. I'm not sure I want to go that high for him. They really like him. Um, and this board has Jaden Daniels way down here. You can basically get Jaden Daniels every time on this draft. I'm not willing to do that. Um, do you go your do you, do you, do you go Rusty Fields and Adunze right here. I can get behind that. I probably would go Adunze uh, just because I think he is such a smart player. Um, he's got yak. He's got unbelievable hands. He's competitive. Uh, he's got multiple years of output. <laughs> we got a Bears fan in here saying Desmond Ritter. Seriously, sorry. We we're just. It's just a throw in. You got the second, and we're getting rid of Desmond Ritter. That's. It was the second round pick, regardless. I just yeah. threw in Desmond Ritter because I think if you, I, I think. I think Desmond Ritter's probably gone. That's what I think. So I just threw it in there. It's the second round pick is what the important one was. Yeah, I'm with you. I really love Adunze. We took him on Monday's mock uh, as well. So I don't know if that's a little bit redundant on, on our end. I don't know if also if you wanted to work in a uh, a potential trade as well here. We already did a trade. I mean, I don't know. We're stretching our legs. And if, you... if I could get Dallas, if I could move back four more spots, get a second round pick back and get Dallas Turner at 15 for the, the Colts. Ooh, I'd do that in a heartbeat. We've already traded enough. Let's leave it here. Okay. Well, I would say the trade back from 
to there and either taking Arnold Turner or verse or Murphy Scott. I think any of those defensive guys uh, stand out for me. I think Murphy's all the way up at 11. Now this is the new board. I think they just released the uh, PFF uh, new updated big board. There's McCarthy way down there. Quarterback- and the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos and the Falcons swap 12 and eight and the Broncos come up and get JJ McCarthy. Give you that give you a future second. I get a future back. second back. That I couldn't get my second back, but I could get a future second back, and I'd probably want a couple of day three picks thrown in. Yeah, yeah, that's possible as well. I mean, that's teams are going to be. You have two quarterbacks still available. This is at some point we might need to sit here and like go through the first round and get the picks in ourselves chaos. manually. Um, but chaos, chaos for sure. I the best guy on my board would be a Dunze. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Really valuable. Rusty. Justin Fields, Roma Dunze, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. And by the way, Terry Fontenot backs Kyle Pitts in a big way. Says he was playing injured last year. He's healthy this year. We're expecting big things from Kyle Pitts. Some GM talk, but doesn't mean he's wrong either. So mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is in a uh, is in a money year, so to speak, and could be looking for a second contract more than his $10 million option. Interesting uh, here to see Keon Mitchell all the way up here as well over um, Terry and Arnold. I mean, this is the way this fell. The way if you are, if you can get a good deal and somebody wants to come up for a quarterback, I think you do it unless you're absolutely sold on a Dunze as the dude. So if we're not doing a trade, I think you take a Dunze, but a. I took trade a Dunze. Back. There's no butts anymore. It's time to move on. A, a slight <laughs> trade back. A slight the trade clock's back. ticking, man. The clock's ticking. I just think there's four, five defensive prospects there that if you trade back six to 10 spots, one of those guys is still going to be there and you can give yourself more avenue or more. You got to start talking about quarterbacks. You you've got to, but that's the thing. You lose a little bit of leverage, but man, you got to go into the free agency period and said, Oh, we got to start leaking that. We love JJ McCarthy that we love Bo Nix. You got to start leaking that and get people to start wanting to come up to eight to get that quarterback. Then I might be able to get a future first rounder to move from 12 to eight. I mean, the heck, you might be on the phone with uh, the Bears there at eight with them at nine. Be like, you know what? How about we give you that second round pick back? <laughs> we really want a Dunze. Uh, but because uh, that means they got to be livid. Uh, they want one of the three wide receivers there at that next pick and uh, just not happening. Uh, so we're on- here uh, in the second round still, which would be good news for someone that had a second round pick and needed a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Roman Wilson, I mentioned him as another wide receiver, but with the Dunze there, I don't know that I need to go Roman Wilson there. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking. Oh, if I, I know I need a, I know I need a safety. If I'm sold on Javon Bullard and he's the guy, I need him to be a starter right away. I need to be, I need him to be what Richie Grant hasn't been. Is he that guy? I could use a top fifty pick on a safety because he's going to be a plug and play starter. If I believe he's that guy, it works for me. Yeah, let's keep scrolling down. I just kind of want to see what the availability is here. A lot of good day two wide receivers. So that's another exactly. reason. I, I think the trade back makes a lot of sense there. If you are, I mean, if you think Adunze is a no doubt, number one, he is worth it without a doubt because Scott, I truly believe a number, a true number one wide receiver is probably the third most valuable position, a third most valuable guy you can build a team around in football. It'd go quarterback, number one pass rusher, number one wide receiver because the way the systems are built, it's a first to succeed system versus a first to fail system. So if like for defensive backs and offensive lines, the whole is more important than the individual talent, but for edge rusher and wide receiver, I think the individual talent and that guy succeeding means the system succeeds. It's first to fail versus first to succeed. Uh, so 
if you think Odunze is a number one, I think you just take it anyway. But if you don't, if you have any doubts there, trade back, get in the defensive guy there, and then looking at this value of the day two wide receivers here is the way to go. So we'll have to explore that at some point here. The guy I'm going to say that we should draft um, personally, I think you should take TJ Tampa here. It hurts me to say wearing my Iowa shirt to, to take a Iowa State cornerback, but TJ Tampa is really long. Uh, he's been a really intelligent cornerback for Iowa State. Uh, good athletes, uh, unbelievable amount of plays on the football. Needs to work on its ability to take away the football, um, but I think the athleticism, the size profile, the movement skills are all very high. Uh, so TJ Tampa for me here, um, looking for a cornerback, especially when you got Raheem Morris, defensive back coach, uh, Lake coming over, defensive back guy. You have a chance to bring in a good one, and I think Tampa, uh, TJ Tampa is definitely one that stands out here. It's going to be easier to find a safety later, also compared to cornerback. So I you, think that you just that. spit out why I wasn't thrilled with the Drake London pick at number eight because of the depth of the class. So you had Drake London at number eight. When you took him first, when there could have been trade down possibilities, Chris and, and the guys that are ahead of him mm-hmm. went 10 and 11, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson with uh, more touchdowns, more yards. George Pickens went 52. That was one of our options there. He's got more yards, more touchdowns. Drake London comes in fourth in yardage at 1771. But then Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, those guys all went after Drake London and all have more touchdowns than him with similar amounts of yardage. You just you just explained to me why I I don't know that I want to be the first wide receiver. I know he's not the first. Malik Neighbors was. But I feel like I can get value at wide receiver down the line when I've already got my number one. I've got Drake London already. So – I think that there's value still to be had there and you're dealing with a little bit of house money. And, and at the end of the day, you need to take the best player, right? And I think that matters uh, more than getting too hung up on the position. I don't think we there's probably a... We traded it away, but it gave us 43. So we didn't have that pick anyway. You'd get, you clicked it, you unclicked it. Oh, I did? Okay, we'll take him off the board then. That was, that was, we didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. We didn't have a pick there. Forget that whole discussion about 43. Um, so we are on the board again here with it. So look at, I mean, they're really look at these guys in the third. Johnny Wilson is a traits monster. He's 6'6, 240 pounds. Not for Jamari me. Thrash, Brendan Rice, and Malachi Corley are all guys you can drop in the slot and play inside as a number two, three option. Brandon Dorless is a big 300 pound defensive end. There's my safety again. Now you're talking about safety. Um, yeah. you, I'm interested in, uh, if you keep scrolling down also, man, you're really heavy on the wide receivers being available. Um, yeah, gosh, I was going to say, I know you're not as big of a fan. Um, if, but uh, I do like, uh, gosh, you scroll past him. I like Marshawn Neeland here a lot. Uh, Tavondre sweat. If you're looking for a defensive tackle there, uh, um, at 90, yes, I am. I'll take Tavondre sweat there. Uh, 74. Absolutely. 74. I'll take him. at oh, you're waiting for I'll take him in the third and be happy with that. And there was somebody, if you scrolled up, I was going to say uh, that I would be intrigued with. I don't know if you are as much of a fan. Keep scrolling up. Keep scrolling up. Patrick Paul, um, just because he's a traits like monster. I like Patrick Paul a lot. You do like Patrick Paul? I like Patrick Paul a lot. He's the one I, 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 when I put his video up, I said, this is, this, I'm not quite as sold on him as I was Spencer Brown and then Abraham Lucas in the last couple of drafts, but it's close. I like Patrick Paul a lot. You're going to see my spreadsheet here real quick when I pop this open. Um, not that one. That's my log. Uh, oh, actually you're not. Cause it's on here. Patrick Paul was on the national team. Nope. He's on the American team. 
Houston offensive line. He was 6'7", 333 pounds with an 87-inch reach and was light on his feet. I like Patrick Paul. I think that we're there's a conversation to be had there just for long-term thinking of the team. Um, you have, again at 79. I can get sweat at 79. Yeah, exactly. Patrick I think Paul you is. might want to. Wait, so Paul is interesting because you can keep McGarry this season. Then after after next year, he has a 14.5 million cap statement with only two dead to move on from yeah. McGarry. Maybe McGarry's not even a scheme fit for the next right. uh, the next scheme. You have Jake Matthews, who's getting older, going to be uh, 33 years old this season uh, after 2024, just two years left. So I don't know. I, taking advantage of a deep tackle class, I know it's a little bit – I tend to have a little bit more of a long-term – perspective on teams and no, team like building than a lot of fans tend to do. Um, but I think you're taking advantage of a deep tackle class and potentially getting a future starting tackle that late. I think that's good value. And I think, yeah, sweat here makes a lot of sense. I'm going sweat with my second, third round pick. He is a pocket collapsing run stuffing monster. You want your own Vita Vea in there in the third? Yes, please. Yes, please. With a couple of mentors like David Anyamata and Grady Jarrett, I think he goes top 50. I really do. I think Sweat goes somewhere, uh, I'm set the plus minus of 45 to 55, somewhere in there. He's available here because he comes in at 380 pounds <laughs> at the combine when he weighs in tomorrow. That's one to watch tomorrow, the weigh-ins with Tavondre Sweat. And I see Brennan coming in here saying that you got to go wide receiver. We took wide receiver the first pick. Uh, yeah. so that's, yeah. we went have... Roma Dunze first pick. So it's not a, it's not necessarily a have to, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm running out there with Kyle Pitts, um, Drake London and Roma Dunze, and then finding a, a, a competent veteran in free agency, or I could still, you know, pick a guy, a traits guy here, uh, cornerback, cornerback two, cam Hart. Since we screwed up, I don't have a, I don't, I didn't get a cornerback yet. Good size here. Cornerback two, I like him. I like Max Melton actually probably a little better. I like Max Melton a lot. Can you keep scrolling? I'm just curious to see. You, there's your guy, Tyke Smith. You like him a lot. I know we just took defensive line, but uh, Boyge makes a lot of sense. McKinley Jackson. Scott, I'm up about 100 spots, I feel like. I used to get him in the seventh. Who or it's a did... different board. Maybe that was on the other board. Well, they just updated the board, Scott. I can tell it's it's different. Um, and I know that PFF just released their released their uh, upgraded uh, draft board. So um, this is different. Scott, this might be a little bit, again, this is big long-term thinking here uh, for me, but what did we talk about with Justin Fields, the big concern? Injury. Is that, You're talking fourth round now. There is, I would say there's absolutely no oh, downside. Rattler's still there. There's absolutely no downside for taking him here. Uh, you just traded away your backup quarterback and Rattler has an NFL caliber arm in his twitchy. I just, I don't see how, I don't think he's going to fall past probably pick 80. Uh, so I just, I think that there's, there's so little downside for taking a shot at Rattler here and getting another it's good, arrow it's good for value the, uh, here. It's absolutely good value. And, and again, I didn't pick up Justin Fields as fifth year option. I want him to play for $50 million, not for 25. Um, again, I, I just I use the example, y'all, over and over again of Sam Darnold. You traded a second round pick for Sam Darnold from the Jets and the Carolina Panthers, and you immediately exercised his fifth year option. That was a mistake. If it costs you forty million dollars in year two that you have him to re to, to to pick up his to uh to sign him to a new deal to franchise tag him or whatever, so be it. So be it. That's a risk that that you want. Uh, the value here on Spencer Rattler is good. 
Yep, that's that's where I come to. Again, we just took a tackle and we took a uh, quarterback. This is more yeah. about long term, but you're talking about late in the draft. So I, I don't There's know. I'm not Johnny really too Smith worried about it. Ben Sinat. I like him too. Ben Sinat makes a lot of sense here. Um, I like uh, Theo Johnson a lot. I like Malik Mustafa a lot. Uh, I'd love to get a safety right here. T stands out to me. Um, there's Dylan Johnson. Haven't you're, seen him on the boards. That's nice. You're gonna to address, see you're gonna address safety either in free agency or in the draft. You have to bring in another safety. You have to. It will happen. We don't have yeah. one now. Um, we don't really have another tight end right now. We don't have a backup tight end either. And when I'm talking what fifth round, that's not a bad spot to get a backup tight end. No, I think honestly, I know Ben Snot's rated higher here, but I think he's a little less you like projectable. Theo. I like Theo Johnson's traits. He's big, he's athletic, and I think that the passing game at Penn State kind of held him back a little bit. So I lean him. Uh, I think he's got the chance to be a wide tight end. And with there's so many of these like kind of hybrid mismatch guys, teams really want those wide guys still that can do it and play 11 personnel. So I uh, I lean that way. Um, Jalen Harrell, not bad. Edge. We haven't gotten an edge rusher at all, have we? You paid one. You brought one in, right? That's, yeah, uh, that's we brought one in. We, we signed Daniel Hunter before we yeah. went into this draft. Um, again, I don't. I, I need a safety. If I'm going best prospect available here on their board, I like there's Anthony. Nobody here that really jumps out of me in this range. Um, Jalen like Harrell. Uh, Tanner's not a bad center option. Johnny Dixon. Jalen like or George Walsh. I'm going there. I'm going to use their board best prospect available to fit a need, and I'm going to go safety. Yeah, I like the John Anthony. Uh, solid player. Not great against Alabama this year, but yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, so we're still going here. I mean, at this point, Scott, you're talking. What are the positions that you can get value for down this late? You're talking about depth, uh, offensive linemen that can hopefully develop into starters, or even just you know second string. There's value there. Uh, safeties, special teams guys. Uh, in the end. So I'm looking at, I, I actually, the one that stands out to me here, I know that you're fine at the position, but we're round six. Um, yeah. I really like uh, Ford um, from Texas at linebacker. Uh, you've had injuries there. It's a new you team. The top, where'd I miss him? He's tech. You'll see the Texas logo. I thought I did. There he is. Jalen Ford. Good. We're running he's late. Big. Um, I think he's plays with a decent instinct. He's physical. There's just not so many of, again, it's kind of like tight end too. It's things are, getting so small and hybrid at a lot of these spots uh, that like getting somebody who's more prototype makes a lot of sense uh, to me. So I'm going to go standard. with my last pick 241. I'm going to get another center because Matt Hennessy is gone. I need a, you, you've got who played last year. Was it Abernathy? Somebody like that or, or forgot, I, so. I forgot the, uh, you know, the famous now. I don't remember who the backup center was last year, but uh, Andrew Rain's not bad. Uh, Layden Robinson. Actually, I like Layden Robinson. That's I'm going to go Layton Robinson to close yep. this thing out. It's an interior offensive lineman. If I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss on a 320-pound guy with good feet. Yep. Um, I did screw up. Uh, we don't have this pick. I screwed that up. So the Bears, we sent the Bears a number two, and Desmond Ritter was thrown in. Um, and then after that, you give me a C- minus on this guy. I promise you he's going higher than 79. Spencer Rattler, That's a you know they, they like that. Theo Johnson in round five is a good player. Need a safety. And then you're just going for for plays. And then remember, uh, the trade's not listed on here, but the trade was this pick, uh, the 43, 
which ended up being cornerback TJ Tampa for Justin Fields. So this, this draft was made with the idea that Justin Fields is an Atlanta Falcon. Jason Heller, he's here to close us out on the Super. We've gone long, uh, but we've had a good time, and our numbers are good. So y'all are y'all are seem to be enjoying the show. Uh, appreciate you being here, but we're gonna get on out of here. Um, by the time we see when we see you again on Friday, we'll have numbers for defensive linemen. We'll have the defensive linemen and linebackers in the books from Thursday's NFL Combine. We'll be back on Friday. Looking forward to talking with you about that. I want to say a sh- give a shout out to our super chat superstars. I'm going to go in reverse order here. Jason closing us out. Keith Robbins, Keith and Ellen Johnson, Oblivion Empire, Rusty Moore. Did your we did this one just for you? We did this draft just for you, Rusty. Andrew Newman, Barrett Gay, Lance Render, Daniel Whetstone coming in a couple times. Edward Brown, Andrew Masha with a great question about scouting, something we love to talk about. And closing us out, opening us up, closing us out. Michael Ronquillo, the benefactor of, of uh, the Falcons podcast. Mike, you're a man, uh, the real deal Ronquillo. Yeah, what a, the goat, man. Just uh, unbelievable with helping us, and uh, we really do appreciate you. Uh, interesting mock, fun to talk about it. Uh, appreciate all the chat uh, coming in as well. Uh, you guys have a lot of uh, good takes and opinions as well. I just, you know, if you got a strong take, you know, come at us with the, uh, the information that you have, right? Uh, there's obviously a lot of different opinions and whatnot and a lot of different paths the Falcons go forward, but we appreciate you coming in and just the uh, the passion uh, tuning in as well. So just be respectful, you know, not that you guys weren't, but uh, sometimes maybe it's just the Broncos country stuff going on. Uh, but uh, we got, I'm capping on YouTube. He's, he's the cat. He's the captain. He's the, the captain R rated on. Uh, so Jordan, good to see you. He, he stopped over to Facebook uh troy green he says dang i haven't been paying attention i'm at work don't tell nobody but who'd y'all get at safety um went a little bit later than i really want to troy so uh, the way this board played out basically the safety wasn't necessarily there and I'm, i'm basically saying that it was addressed in free agency um they have they have to go safety richie grant cannot go into 2024 as an assumed starter he has not lived up to it um so you've got to go a different direction there. Uh, there was one more I wanted to hit on here. Oh, that was it. It was it was Troy. So we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody for being here. Again, special th- shout out to our Super Chat superstars. We will be back on Broncos for Breakfast tomorrow. We'll probably do a little combine preview, probably talk quarterback some more. Stuff that's going on with Broncos, you can find us at youtube.com slash milehighhuddle. We will be back here on Friday morning, and I'm going to do some reactions to the, uh, the defensive linemen and linebackers, a place that's near and dear to our hearts. And frankly, we've seen Dallas Turner. We've seen Latu Latu come in. Edge is absolutely a possibility with the number eight pick. We'll see how those guys perform on Thursday night. Thanks so much for being here. We have had a blast going almost 90 minutes. We do it for you. We do it because we enjoy it. We're glad you're here with us. We'll see you all next time. Peace.